What's going on? Not much. How you doing? Doing okay. Doing okay. You know, we're that much closer to the middle of the week. Oh, my knee is really sore today. <laughs> yeah, you know, I blew out the ACL. You and I have talked about it. And uh, I've been going through the rehab, and it was a good day. I mean, they're giving me more and more exercises, which is good. Like now, I take a 25-pound barbell, and I hold it like here, and I have to sit. I got to stand up and then like sit almost like I'm going to hit the bottom of the chair and then pull back up. That's hard. Must you be know, stuff like that. Sore. Sore. Everything's sore. I'm a little achy tonight, but... You know, it's a good hurt. <laughs> Hopefully I'll be able to get back out and run. That's one of the things I'm hoping to do uh, after I recover from this. So we'll see. Hopefully. Now, so, does that like make you more sore? What, the running or the surgery? Like the weather, like when it's cold. Oh, outside. the weather, the weather. I'm sorry, I lost you there for a sec. Um, So I've had ACL surgery on the right knee and it really doesn't bother my right knee. Uh, that was 11 years ago. The left knee, I, I got to say, I noticed the other day, right before the rain started, I'm like, dang, this thing is swelling up. I mean, do you have a body part like that works like that? Or you've heard of people like that? Yeah, my lower back. And what's your deal? I was in a car accident about four years. And so what happens? I had to do therapy for like four months. I was like really, really sore. My muscle system shut down. That happens. Like apparently when you have surgery, that's another time it happens. Yeah. And so what kind of rehab, you know, did you do for how long, you know, and how, what happens with the weather with you? Well, it took like, a year to completely get my strength back so i'll go to like the physical therapy mm-hmm. adds on my back and then it'll like crack my back the chiropractor and then um wow yeah what about the weather the weather when it gets like real cold i get sore mm. yeah so you might be feeling it now yeah, yeah. not bad though well that's one of our news items leads us to it Um, The governor announced today that the state is going to be in a cold weather protocol through February 2nd. My gosh, today is January 18th. So that's like two weeks. Yeah, 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 it's two weeks plus just by day. But uh, I guess the forecast is, you know, 10 degrees below the regular low for this time of the year, which... I don't think it's that cold, but, you know, it's not about you and me. It's about the folks that, you know, don't have enough heat for one reason or another. So I respect that. Um, So that's going on. So it's a little bit colder. Um, I looked at the seven day and yeah, I mean, there's a lot of 20s in there during the day and a lot of uh, 10s and teens and single digits at night. I did see snow in the forecast, the one that they're saying with some certainty is tomorrow night going into Thursday morning during the morning commute. Um, one to three inches looks like mostly statewide, pretty much statewide. That's what NBC Connecticut's forecasting, our first alert weather team. So there's that. 
Um, and then we're seeing on again, off again forecasts about a coastal storm. Sound familiar? Because we just had one. Um, apparently, we may have another coming up on Saturday. But again, I'm a news guy. Don't hold me to any of this stuff as far <laughs> as the weather goes. Um, I know that our former colleague at NBC Connecticut, her name's Caitlin McGrath. She did the weather for us for about six years and she is now in Washington and I still see her posts on Facebook and down there I guess she said that the the U.S. model is predicting one to three inches for the greater Washington area and the European model is predicting like 24 inches wow I know so quite a divergence but and usually lately the European model has been better than the American model. I think the American model might be called DFS or something. I, I think I see the meteorologists uh, use that term, but I don't know what it means. I'm not going to pretend like I do. But um, that's the other model. And I just put some on her Facebook page. I said something like, hey, stop stealing all our snow. <laughs> no. Well, she rubbed it in. She was like, she says, you should see my old stomping grounds. I've got like 10 inches more snow than they've got so far this month. So she was razzing us a little bit. She's great. She's awesome. Caitlin's awesome, and it's too bad she left. But, hey, I mean, you're working in Washington, D.C. That's one of the 10 largest television markets in the country. I believe it's still in the top 10. So significant. So what other news? Oh, my gosh. Where do you start, right? Um, let's start with COVID. Um, some sort of good news. I mean, you've probably heard that if you got health insurance that – uh, eventually, uh, your health insurer is going to be covering some of those costs for the tests. I heard that in Vernon, this is hot, hot off the press, they are going to be having um, COVID testing by appointment and also walk up four days per week at 375. Um, oh, shoot, what is it? I think it's Vernon Turnpike, I think is what it is. But um, definitely go to the Vernon, town of Vernon webpage and I'm sure you can get all the information there, the exact information. Um, oh, it's, wait, it's 375 Hartford Turnpike. That's it in Vernon. Um, but again, check the website. It's got hours, days, all that stuff. You need to get all that info. But that was a pretty cool service. It didn't look like it was only for Vernon residents. It did not say that um, on our webpage. But again, look on their webpage before you make the trip over there if that's something you're going to do. But uh, the big news on COVID is that the numbers are going down a little bit, like we talked about last week. Today wasn't a good day. Um, yesterday was a very good day. Yesterday, we got down to 17%. You know, it's funny, Rome, because, you know, a month ago, if I told you that on January 18th, we we're going to be at 17%, you would have been like, what? So, right. But um, that's down at least five, maybe 7% from where we were a week ago. But then today, we went back up to 18.5 or somewhere there. And that's, again, the positivity rate. It's not necessarily the indicator, but it's the one that people seem to gravitate towards. So I share that with you. Um, hospitalizations, you know, are up. I, I don't have the numbers on the top of my head. But again, the trend has held that... Um, you know, severe cases are way down compared to the other waves. So hopefully that bodes well for us. I mean, 
All you got to do is look on the internet or look in the newspapers and look on our TV newscasts. You'll see that uh, a number of reports are coming out now that it seems like the Northeast has crested and is, you know, sort of starting to go like that. I mean, you go to New York Times um, online, you got to subscribe, but it's worth it. And so is the Wall Street Journal. Balance, balance, right? Um, and for every state, they've got a little chart on, you know, the number of cases. And you can see literally all the cases in the Northeast. They like went way up and then they just sort of they're like just at the top of that curve now. They're dropping though. So that's hopeful. Um, what a lot of the experts will not say is if this is going to go from being, I think they said a pandemic to what do they call it? An endemic, something like that, um, which means it's essentially less severe uh, for without getting too technical. But um, we'll see. They're, they're non-committal on that. They won't say that, you know, there could be another variant that rips through here and causes all kinds of trouble. But there are others who say they think that Omicron is going to end up being the dominant strain. And in some ways, I guess that's good. Um, you know, but it's not <laughs> because the rest of the world hasn't dealt with this yet, let alone the rest of the United States. I mean, there certainly are parts of the country that are really bad, but I was watching that guy I was telling you about before, Dr. Scott Gottlieb, the former FDA commissioner. And um, he was saying that, you know, our part of the country is hopefully in the short rows on this, not short rows, but we're definitely on the downslope. But other parts of the country haven't even started with Omicron. Well, so that's the news on that. We got through that. <laughs> that's never hopeful. I'll give you some hopeful news. So big business news today. Everybody knows Exxon, one of the biggest oil companies in the world. Uh, a lot of people don't like them uh, because they believe that they're big polluters and you know are harmful to the environment. And some or all that could be true. However, the company announced today that it has a goal that it expects to hit 2050, 2050, it will be carbon neutral in terms of all of the products it makes, all the petroleum products, all the other things it does, um, like measuring everything. I don't know how you measure it, but that's what they're saying. So that's a short 29 years away. Heck, I still may be alive. Um, you will. <laughs> you will. But um, yeah, that would be something. 29 years to have a petroleum company be carbon free. One of the things that's interesting um, when you read up on a lot of the uh, ins and outs of the petroleum industry right now is that they are making some moves to diversify into other energy sources uh, because they know that, of course, oil is, I wouldn't say going the way of the buggy whip, but certainly demand is going to decrease as our country keeps adopting electric and other you know, alternate forms of vehicle transport, whether it's uh, natural gas or fuel cell, whatever. So um, one of the things they're doing is they're getting in the wind business and think it through. If you have an oil company and you are a uh, exploration or production company, you're going to have oil wells um, out in the ocean, you know, big decks, you know, well, I'm trying, the word escapes me, but um, you're going to have all these 
oil drilling operations out in the Gulf, uh, other parts of the country that are oil rich underneath the seafloor. So, of course, that's going away. But what's coming? Wind power, right? Yeah. What do you got to do with wind power? You got to get into the seafloor and put all these pilings in there. And you've got this massive monstrosity that looks a lot like a, you know, I think they call it a rig, an oil rig or a derrick or something. Uh, whatever it's called, the, the, the oil, oil platform that's out is not that different in many ways. A lot of the engineering and the science that's involved is not really that different from a wind turbine platform. So oil companies are starting to move into that, some of them. Um, and, you know, maybe not to a high degree, but they're trying to diversify what they own. So, but that's interesting, I think. You know, that I, to me, the real interesting isn't the interesting thing isn't that they're doing it. It's that they realized if they don't do it, I mean, because they're, you know, all these corporations, Fortune 500 corporations are beholden to the shareholders to make profits, give them dividends, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's the big thing they care about. And, you know, obviously employing people and, um, you know, contributing to the community. But profits are important. You got to you've got to make your money if you're a publicly traded company. So they're principally responsible to the shareholders and the bondholders and all that stuff. And so they see the handwriting on the wall that, sure, they could keep producing oil. But if we really need electricity because we're going to have all these electric cars and blah, 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 they need to get into some other lines of the energy business. So I think they see the future, which, you know, you can go all the way back to the 70s. They talked about alternate energy, but a lot of people either didn't believe it or they didn't want to believe it or it was expensive. And to be fair to a lot of uh, people that were against it, one of the things you always need to happen when you have these uh, newer technologies, whether it's wind power, whether it's solar power, is you have to have what are called economies of scale. So until they're building, you know, two million solar uh, photovoltaic cells, they're going to cost, you know, X thousand dollars per until you, you know, you make more of them and lower the cost of production. And so that part of the equation had to happen too, but you're starting to get a critical mass when it comes to solar and a little bit too with the wind power in terms of people are getting the equipment and there's companies willing to put up the capital. So that's part of our Exxon story. Um, what else do I got? I'm going to end you with some fun stuff. I'm going to get back to watching a movie with my awesome wife in a minute. Um, because one interesting thing with what we do here in New England in television news is I would say probably at least three quarters of the stations in New England, the on-air people like myself, um, were union. And so it's this union called the Screen Actors Guild dash American Federation of Television Radio Artists or SAG-AFTRA. And uh, I was in AFTRA and then SAG and AFTRA merged to you know save money on all kinds of things. And one of the neat things for the last, I guess it's about 10, 15 years now since that merger happened, is there's something called the SAG Awards and they're sort of like a run up to the Oscars. Oh, wow. And yeah, and so I'm a SAG member, I get to vote. I get to vote, I get all the movies and the TV shows sent to our house. I can't share them, 
but my wife and I get to watch them. But it's fun. It's awesome because they're first run movies. Um, some of them are on, you know, streaming services. That's what we're watching right now. But like some of the other ones are still in the theaters. So those get sent to me on a disc or you can, you know, if you want to be environmentally conscious, which of course we try to be, you know, you can just pull it up on Apple TV. You load some app. There's some app you can load that you got to have a code and all that stuff. But that hasn't come to us yet. We're just watching the movies that are available on streaming. So I got a few recommendations for you. So we saw Don't Look Up, which is sort of a parody of global uh, warming. And I'll leave it at that. Uh, it's got a lot of stars in it. Um, some people hated it. Some people loved it. I thought it was funny. Yeah, it was good. It was, it was fun. It's amusing. I'd watch it. Um, last night, watched something called Tick, Tick, Boom. Very theatery. It's basically about a guy in the theater. He was a playwright. And I don't want to give away too much of that. But it was a musical. But... You know, and I'm not Mr. Musical, but I loved it. It was great. The acting was really good, and there was a storyline. You know, some musicals, you don't always follow the storyline. This one, totally got it. It was great. Um, highly recommend it. So, Tick, Tick, Boom, Don't Look Up. And then two nights ago, we saw something called Power of the Dog. And that one, it's hard to explain it. It's, it's setting is out west in Montana, which everything seems to be in Montana these days. Yellowstone and 1883. I don't know where the ranch is, but they're all out there. <laughs> and so Power of the Dogs in Montana, it's like 1925. And it's like this coming of age and power struggle between these two men. Um, and it's on basically a ranch. Yeah. Or, or like in a Western setting. Uh, but again, don't want to give away too much, but it's good. I'm going to check them out. Yeah. So you use you know, Apple TV? What's that? Do you use Apple TV? Yeah. Well, we did like the just the introductory membership so we could watch Ted Lasso. How was it? It's good. Yeah, okay. Apple TV. The only thing is I don't think they have as much of a selection as Netflix. And then our daughter's in college and she's here sometimes. So she has Amazon Prime, which I guess you get a cheaper rate. So we can watch Amazon Prime and Netflix. And then we get some movies on Fugo TV. That's our streaming service. So, and then we just got this introductory thing with Apple. It's like, I don't know, $4 for a month. That may have run out. Because we watched the whole season of Ted Lasso and then we're done. So, um, there's an interesting story I watched today on the news. It was talking about, you know, Netflix versus Paramount versus Hulu. You know, all these different streaming services. And it said Netflix, I guess their stock's way down. It went all the way from 900 to 500. Uh, but but they had a guy on today who was saying, oh, no, it'll, it's still worth like $750 per share. He said that um, they have the most programming and the most consistently new programming. They just keep putting things out, you know, either not that they necessarily make or pay someone to make, but, you know, buying a stable of, you know, first-run films or even older films. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think that's... I'm not certainly suggesting you buy the stock or anything like that, but it's interesting when you hear the people who are breaking it down in terms of what it costs and why they think it will cost more. Yeah. Which one do you like? Do you, you, you stream any uh, stuff or you're just working too hard? 
uh netflix yeah yeah i was thinking about apple tv why i don't know because it's apple yeah <laughs> you like apple yeah yeah me too me too um my thing on apple is at least right now it doesn't seem to have the selection that netflix has i mean that's no good yeah yeah so that that'd be my thing i would say i mean what do you like I like like action, karate movies, drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Netflix probably pretty good for you, but you know you can do the introductory thing with Apple TV and try it and see what happens, right? Yeah, yeah. So do that. Well, look, I'm gonna get back to watching that movie. What am I, what am I watching tonight? Oh shoot, it's not one of these. What was it? Sugar. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a historical. Oh, it's um, it's about. You probably heard of this one. It's called Being the Ricardos. It's a. Yeah. It, it's Lucille Ball. You know who Lucille Ball is and Desi Arnaz. Yeah. I love Lucy. Yeah. You've heard of I Love Lucy. So it's like it's a historical kind of film based on like a a a one week horrible period for the I Love Lucy show. That's all I can tell you. It's funny. It's cool. It's fun. We're about halfway through it, so that's another one. So, right. movie reviewer Len Bestoff. I'm gonna quit my day job. Okay. <laughs> All right, man. We will see you hopefully next week. And uh, thanks again. Love coming on. Really appreciate it. See you next week. All right. Take care, Rome. All right. Take care, Len. Bye. All right. Bye.